that is actually much more significant in terms of benefits, uh, that economic case, um, than the, the actual initial expenditure. Our, our calculations are about a tenfold factor increase in GDP relative to infrastructure investment. Hello there. Once again, you are listening to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and this is Lisa Gonzalez. Once again, Chris was able to connect with a guest on the road. This time, he was in Des Moines for the Iowa Association of Municipal Utilities Broadband Conference. Chris took a few moments to sit down with Michael Curry, an economist with the Strategic Networks Group, or SNG. SNG works with economic development agencies, municipal networks, business associations, electric utilities, and private network operators. SNG collects data on how businesses and communities use broadband. By analyzing the utilization from a regional perspective, these groups can tailor planning to get the most out of broadband investment. Measuring all the benefits of community networks is always a challenge. Balance sheets are important, but there are many positive effects born out of community networks that can't be measured by traditional means. SNG is finding a way to link those seemingly immeasurable factors to economic growth. Here are Michael and Chris discussing SNG's work and their findings. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast, Hotel Room Edition. <laughs> I'm Chris Mitchell and I'm here with Michael Curry. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. We're here at the Iowa, uh, the Iowa Association of Municipal Utilities Conference uh, dealing with telecommunications issues in Des Moines. And we have an opportunity to pull up two chairs and to talk a little bit about the sorts of data that you collect and analyze. Tell us what you do. And first of all, I should say, Michael Curry, SNG. Uh, Strategic Networks Group. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, well, we look at the, called the demand side of broadband. You know, uh, you have the supply side, which is build it to the communities, to the regions, and get people connected. Absolutely, you need that as that essential but not sufficient condition to benefit from the promise of broadband. And we look at, well, who's using it and why? So we look at individual businesses, organizations like schools and hospitals, those community anchor institutions, and, and households. And so we go in because as an economist, I was always interested in, and this is what I worked on the last 15, even 20 years, my goodness, is that... Uh, you don't look that old. Thank you. <laughs> is that, uh, you know, we're asking for all this investment in, in, in broadband infrastructure. And it's hard to justify that kind of investment when you cannot quantify here the economic impacts or show, hey, pull it from health, pull, pull it from roads, pull it from wherever, uh, and allocate it to broadband. So we quantified that in terms of economic benefits. Can you give me a specific example of like one situation? that What have you quantified in terms of uh, uh, the sort of outputs from broadband? Sure, sure. I think it was the first actual study of its kind was South Dundas, where this was a small community of 2,500 people between Toronto and Montreal along the St. Lawrence River on the Canadian side. They had sold their electric utility and reinvested into this broadband network because they didn't have it and they were never going to get it. This was always the, the five-year out plan that kept being pushed out five years. It was actually the UK government that hired us to say, we already did some work. Can you quantify those benefits for us? Because they need for policy. So, we so went these, out are the, these are the things that are possible because the network's there that were not possible beforehand. So we went out, worked with a local economic development agency there, and you know, went out to each of your businesses, like, how, how are you, you know, you're connected. How are you using this and what are the benefits? That then gave a report of, okay, 
you know, these are new revenues that we've generated because of this. And we walk through them with that and quantify that. Here are the cost savings. Here are the people that were hired. Uh, here are the uh, capital expansion we did. We built a new you know, wing to our plant or something like that. And then you use those numbers, those direct impacts, and you plug that into an input-output model to say, here's what the impact is in terms of GDP and tax base and employment to the region. So these are already existing models that deal with various infrastructures. You're collecting the data to be able to put into the tools that economists already have to say, this is how the whole economy is affected by having this available now. Exactly. So what used to be the case of, hey, we know broadband is good, and let's invest. And then afterwards, like, oh, we got to justify this. Well, that's where we would come in. And so that actually showed a 10x factor, which was actually used in the legislation that you know, provided the $8 billion in the stimulus funding. It's good to have impact yourself. <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, we've done a few of those, but now it's the case that everyone knows broadband is good. The question is, how good is it? So Real than, good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the question is, rather than going after the fact, they want to know beforehand, we can build this you know, fiber network to everybody, or we could build you know, this other combination of the technology. We're agnostic to the technology. We're neutral to the vendors. They're trying to decide, hey, what can we do? You know, rather than just having it supply side dominated, like the engineers will give you all sorts of you know, good reasons to build this way or that way. What we want to do is complement that with, okay, what do you have in your community in terms of businesses and, and these community anchor institutions and households? How are they currently using the internet? So we do an assessment, a broadband assessment with them, the different you know, tools that we use, it's data collection, because that data doesn't exist. And I'm an economist, I'm not a market survey person, but we had to go out and collect that data, and we collect over 110 metrics now that allow us to understand you know, how they're connected, tested speeds, as well as what they're doing, for, and as well as how they're benefiting from it qualitatively. Hey, day-to-day -day operations are easier, our quality of life is better mm -hmm. for these and these reasons, and all this quantitatively. So that we can say, here's where we're at right now, and because we've built, done this now for a number of years, we've built a database of over 40,000 records, that we can say, and now, based on your type of business of your size, here's how you compare to your peers, here are the things that they're doing that you actually should be doing to be more competitive, right. and here's what the bottom line impact is to you. So we've transitioned we can still the the forecast of the economic impacts, but we can also now, you know, show that that community, hey, you know, broadband is good. You know, if you invest in manufacturing, here are the benefits are because this is where they're at. Here are the potential benefits. If you want to look at agriculture, here's where they're at, and then they can decide based on, we invest a million dollars or you know two hundred thousand dollars in driving awareness and utilization of how to actually use the broadband mm -hmm. in addition to the X million that they invested, right. like the example I showed in my presentation today. Um, you know, manufacturing was $17 million increase to North Georgia network, whereas tourism was about $4 million. They can then prioritize what is more important based on not only economic impacts, but also the social benefits and also, you know, where they want to be in the economy in three to five years' time. One of the things that, that we've talked about is the um, potential tension. If you're a local government, you have a million dollars. You could use that to expand network access and maybe, or maybe to, to take network access to people who don't have it at all, right. or you can improve utilization. And this is where I've pushed you a little bit because my <laughs> preference has generally been to, uh, the, to say that government should focus on expanding access to networks. And I know that, that you're not taking a contrary position, but you think that utilization is very important. 
Um, you know, I don't want to say I don't want I don't want anyone to think that you're saying no one should build new networks. But you make an interesting case that utilization is very important. So tell me, as a local government, why should I care whether my local businesses are good at using the internet? In a local government, regional government, I think affordable, ubiquitous access to you know reliable broadband is key. The question is, are there the budget to pay for it? And honestly, I don't know any government that really wants to get into, or any utility that really wants to get into broadband. There's not a lot of them. Um, they're doing it because you know the the private sector providers aren't going in because right, there's right. not the business case. It's it's low density. They don't have enough you know market profile. Local so, governments have been investing because they have to, not because they want to. Otherwise, they continue to lose you know their jobs, their youth, the businesses, and they can't attract anybody. Right. So if you don't have it, you know you're 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 dying. Uh, and that's tough. And they're actually being proactive, which is good. The question is then, what's the best uh, setup for that? So what, what we're talking about in utilization is, you know, even with these, you know, you have these great gigabit networks that are being, everyone's talking about them, or fiber, or even the other, the other technologies. I mean, 100 meg or 20 megs. Are the people that are now have that available, are they one, connected to it? Have they adopted? And even if they're adopted, are they fully utilizing it? Because just because you're connected to it, you may be just doing email or, or web surfing. And that's good, and you can do it faster. You don't have to wait as long to you know, view something. But if you, you know, have a website where you can be selling your things online, people can contact you, collaborate with you online, have your financial systems online, using the cloud tools to make you look at your small company, you can act like a big company. Right, the huge. cloud tools in particular. So that's where the economic benefits are. To me, there's no one-size-fits-all solution. The private sector guys know how to run financially viable networks, and they're stopping at certain points. The question you started off with is, you know, should we build networks or drive utilization? To me, how can you have both? The priority is you want to continue to retain and hopefully increase the economic drivers in that community. If there's no jobs, where's the income then to support those families, right? There isn't. Mm -hmm. My approach is, as a very pragmatic economist, let's ensure that those businesses continue to thrive, that those organizations, either in schools and hospitals, continue to offer great services and, and be even more effective and increase their reach. Um, that's a foundation on which you then can build. Uh, because it is high cost to get some of those other areas that may not be financially viable. When you have that base and it's financially viable, then you can bring on those other layers. It's like building a foundation to a house, in, in my view. The foundation is um, people that know what they're doing on the internet and they feel comfortable and they're taking full advantage of it. You, those businesses are staying, maybe the youth can actually stay. Those are all jobs that stay local, the tax base increases, and then there's more available then to actually reach out to those other those other parts of the community. Because mm -hmm. the worst thing for me is cherry picking areas of the community that, hey, they're gonna you know, have subscriptions that you know, are gonna make this viable and leaving others out. You're, you're creating a digital divide that way. It's a reality, financially, but as a, a municipal government, you do, they don't wanna do that. Mm -hmm. um, but the question is the reality of how do we finance this? So it gives them a sort of a stage process so they can, one, you know, have a financially viable base, which then, with increased utilization, you actually get those benefits. Because if they're just doing web and email, well, they're not being as competitive. They can grow, hopefully. That increases the tax base, allows not only that network to be more sustainable, but also gives additional revenues then to say, hey, we can extend now our reach to those areas that we wanted to target but couldn't before. Right. And so what you're proposing is not just doing utilization, 
but actually doing a good job of measuring utilization, being smart about how you improve it, and tracking those changes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this business, you know, we, we've talked to them, we showed them, here's the things they're not doing. They chose to do, you know, you know, having a website with, with, with selling online. Okay, let's go back to them six months later, a year later. Did you do it? Uh, if no, why not? And how can we help? Or two, you did it. Great. Uh, how much new revenues have you generated? How many new jobs has that created? And that, when you add those things across the community, people are connected. Well, that, those are the off-balance sheet benefits. You know, there's the business case, which mm -hmm. the carriers look at, and then there's the, what I call the economic case, the community. When you aggregate that up, that is actually much more significant in terms of benefits, uh, that economic case, um, than the, the actual initial expenditure. Our, our calculations are about a tenfold factor increase in GDP relative to infrastructure investment. And so if you spend one dollar on infrastructure, you get ten dollars of these amorphous GDP, benefits. GDP total. Okay. You know uh, the direct and, and spillover effects. Okay. That we calculate, and then you know for tax base, it's two to three times depending on the type of economy and so forth. You know that even two to three times is pretty interesting, and that mm -hmm. you know makes the case. So, I think a lot of the networks have focused on the engineering aspect, and you need it, but they should, in parallel to the build, be looking at that. So when it's lit you have those people ready to use it to its full potential so they realize the benefits and then with that the network becomes sustainable. That's, it, sounds like it's a, uh, it sounds like a good plan. Uh, I'd like to go further into it but you have a flight to catch so we're gonna I wrap do. it up here. Um, but we'll, we can definitely come back to it. We'll be running into I'll each other at many look, more events soon. Sam, I look forward to that. You can learn more about Strategic Networks Group at sngroup.com. Be sure to check out their extensive research library. They have a lot of information about specific projects they've worked on, and they also have quite a bit of information about broadband and economic development in general. Let us know about topics that interest you or guests you feel we should interview. Write to broadcast at muninetworks.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at communitynets. This show was released on April 8, 2014. Thank you again to the group Valley Lodge for their song, Sweet Elizabeth, licensed using Creative Commons. And thank you for listening. <laughs>